Welcome to episode six of the Pitmen podcast, sponsored by 1707 Gym and Coffee. Check out their coffee and gym way, Insta 1707 Gym Coffee, Twitter 1707 Gym and Coffee. Our discussion tonight is around mental health, and in particular, mental health in males and sport. Hashtag, it takes balls to talk. We are joined by Mind Ambassador and Wales International Legend, Tom James, founder of Signpost of Cymru, ex-military veteran, and Wales youth, Darren Thomas, and Penalta's very own legend, Matthew Angel. Welcome, boys. Great to have you with us. Good to be here, Welcome, boys. Even on A discussion today very close to kind of all your hearts, I know. So, you know, today was about kind of sharing some of those kind of stories, experiences, and, and maybe how we can send a message out to help others. So, you know, we're glad you joined us, boys. Yeah, my pleasure. Yes. So, boys, um, um, difficult times currently, which has seen a significant rise in mental health issues. I guess that's more around COVID and, and the way we face it at the moment, boys. Is is not the easy jobs. time in general, is it? Yeah, I think a lot of people are restricted of what they're able to do, like social wise you know you're not able to go out to meet with friends to a certain extent so that can have a massive impact on somebody who's um you know normally a, a social butterfly then should, should we say yeah most definitely most definitely and we, we had with him on last week andy powell's no more than a social butterfly with him and uh he was sharing the experience you know it's a difficult time for everybody at the moment regardless to your background and what you do yeah. um you know covid has made things really difficult and you know yeah, and um Go on, sorry. Yeah, Matt. Go on, Matt. Yeah, so so basically last year, the stats last year was that 6,000 um, people took their lives in the UK. Um, and the worrying factor about that is that none of these people, 80% of them people didn't have any underlying mental health issues. So they weren't diagnosed with uh, bipolar or schizophrenia, you know, um, uh, dementia, uh, sorry, uh, depression. So these are people who, you know, have just come to the end of the tether, whether they lost a job, uh, whether they've got you know, a relationship or they've lost a loved one. So when you add this pandemic on top of that, you know, it's gone through the roof, you know. And last year as well, as well as the 6,000 people who took their life, uh, 120,000 people attempted suicide. A frightening yeah. start. A frightening start. Yeah. Incredible. Absolutely frightening. And, 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 you know, put that on top of the fact that the services and NHS and, and kind of the support services about to slow down, I guess, during this period of time to adjust to supporting people, you know, it's, it's a frightening time. It is, because also what you've got to look at is everybody's um, not fixated but as it should be. You know, COVID is top of the agenda, so a lot of people can't fundraise for these charities. Um, so a lot of charities, you know, as, as well as mental health, you know, you've got cancer research, but also the people as well, that, that there's a massive knock-on effect, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you're right, more, more than ever, sort of the charity support and the fundraising is critical. And hopefully we can all get back to some good stuff and, and do that soon. So in, ter in terms of your story, boys, you know, what, when did you realise you kind of were start suffering with, with mental health issues? Or when did you recognise some of those signs? Dad, do you want to kick that off? Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, so I joined the army very young. So, and I spent 20 years in military. Um, you know, I've done tours of uh, Northern Ireland, uh, Kosovo, Iraq, and Afghanistan. Um, lost um, a few mates out there. Um, and to be honest, with you, when you're in that environment, it really doesn't affect you so much because you get on with the things, you just crack on. And, um, you know, I was, I was one of these men who was in that category of, you know, telling your soul is to man up, you know, just get on with it, you know, don't be a, you know, don't be a pussy, basically, and it just crack on. 
Um, when I left the military then, I went to uh, Sierra Young uh, for a year uh, to force protection security. And while I was out there, it was the height of Ebola. So again, I've seen a lot of death, a lot of destruction out there. Um, but for me, what happened was that when I, I took a job in Afghanistan then as a civilian um, for, a, for a US company uh, teaching the Afghan army, and that's where my anxiety started kicking in because I didn't have my, my men around me. You know, I didn't have this, the support network of, of the military. Um, the security was quite lax with the company. You know, at one point I was left at um, Kazai Airport for three hours on my own with general population. You know, so for me, I started getting anxious a lot being out there, being away from my family, uh, my, my partner at the time from carrying our first child. Um, so I'd done a year out there and I, I, I basically, I, I really started getting um, anxious and got, I started getting depressed while, while working out there. So I knocked out on the head and come home. But the flip side to that then was, even though I was out in the military, these jobs that I took on were still in a military environment. So I still was told where to be. I was still told what to do, what to wear, and, and, and what to do that day. When I came back home to Aberdeen, and what I call in civilian life, that for me hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, I had no structure in my life. I just had a new young baby. Um, and I just the pressures of everything got to me. But people were seeing symptoms in me, but I was ignoring them. Like my partner at the time, uh, Catherine, you know, she was saying, look, Dad, there's something right with you. And I, I was putting it down to I'm a young baby, just being tired all the time. The general general day-to-day pressure? Yeah, like... general day-to-day thing, you know. Um, and then, you know, other people were seeing Then I'm absent. Like, two years, nobody seen me. I was socialising, I was training. Um, and unknown to me, I was undiagnosed with complex PTSD, you know. Um, I pushed my partner away, which is, the, which you know, and... You know, it, it ruins our relationship. You know, I've got two young children now that I'm no longer with my partner. So, for me, not looking into it, not getting help and taking advice at that earlier stage basically ruined my life. You know, yeah. um, and that, like I said, uh, a year yesterday is when I went to take my own life. You know, I, I went for a run and I went to the top of a mountain and I just, just everything on top of me. And it's, it's really hard to explain. Um, I was having nightmares, and I just thought that you know the world would be better off place without me. So I literally you actually, got, actually got to that place where that was the decision. To, that was the decision, mate. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, I I picked my place. I knew where I wanted to go. Um, nobody could, you know. I just knew that nothing was was registering me. I stood the end of that cliff, and literally, I took one step off, and the only thing that stopped me at that at that second that I was about to go, I thought my two. So I got four children. I got two boys by previous marriage. And I got two little girls. And my little girls are two and one. And I thought my one-year-old would have never met me. Yeah. And my two girls, all they would have known about me is what other people were told about their dad. And it would have been bad. I committed suicide. You know, so I just... And it stopped me. It stopped me in my tracks. Well, good, good job, and it did, mate, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. What is, what I was a, just going to say, what a, pla- what a place you're in now, Dad. You look, like I said, 365 days ago, I think, because you put on your video, yes proud of you know what you've done and all the all the videos you've put out there but fair play take my hat off to you absolutely yeah. too right and that's Ainge, thing- what about yourself Ainge? what was what's kind of what was you and your story um i think i say around work really but again i had we had our third um baby um well she's she's about three and a half now so imagine about two and a half years ago it kicked off for me i had um an opportunity of a new job, um, health and social care assessor, which, you know, I was lucky 
I was lucky to get, which was, you know, kind of um, a brand new type of role for me, really. I, I went in as a trainee assessor, done my qualification, up and running. Um, and after, I must have been in the role for about eight months. And, you know, I used to get really good feedback from the learners I was supporting, from employers, from my manager. And for some reason, I had a, had a, had a voice in my head saying, I'm not good enough for this role. And I always had that self-doubt and anxiety crept in there. And I used to get up, um, I'd wake up at three or four o'clock in the morning, worried about going to work. If this was in place, if that was in place, what if the learner didn't turn up? And, you know, it's just my role then with the three kids as well. I just, you know, I, I get very much life pressures coming from work and different angles. And yeah, yeah. It goes to show up with varies and everybody, doesn't it? Tom? Obviously, you've come a bit more public with yours, with with being in the limelight and supporting yeah. the time. Um, oh, obviously, coming to rugby, obviously rugby union late, um, two thousand six. Um, obviously, I made my Blues debut, um, and then two thousand seven, within a year, I made my debut for in, uh, Wales against England. Um, it's just like a roller coaster, really. Um. Yep, and down. Um, but then in 2008, um, I came back from the South Africa to over Wales. Um, and then I come home. Um, I was drink- I was drinking a lot. Um, I didn't know what was wrong with me really. Um, I just hit the low point. Um, and then I done like a- I done something stupid for a cry for help. Um, and then obviously everyone thought. Um, I was just drunk, so it was it was a tough time. Um, so 2008, that's when I was, I started struggling. Um, but then obviously my family thought I just done something stupid because I was drunk. Um, but they didn't think of asking me what it was um, that I was dealing with. But I probably still wouldn't have said anything at that time anyway. Yeah, and I guess like good, good, big point there. And to the three of you, really, I guess not, not about saying anything. You know, is, is that a part of the stigma that might exist in some of the environments we're in? You know, t- typically stereotypical males in hard environments. And, is it yeah, hundred percent. I think the hardest thing for me was admitting to my wife that I was having issues, and the say the say like it's like a weight lifted off your shoulders, but it. Was as soon as I'd had that conversation with that, it was, and you know, I can't thank her enough, really. She's absolutely good as gold, and you know, I'm lucky that yeah. I got that good family support network and good social network with the boys. Well, I, was, I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, as being a man, but as being a Welsh man, I, I, I think, you know, he's been brought, he's just, um, it's, 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 it's hard to be open and honest, but as you say, Inge, you had a lot of support of your family. Yeah, and it's, it's something yeah, that, and that's why I, that's why I'm quite passionate about it now and getting involved and trying to help because I know there's lots of people out there who are not as fortunate and haven't got that support. No, you're absolutely right. Supposed to prove the importance of family life, not not just to share those experiences with, but to recognise it as well. Yeah. And Tom, I, I, I think it's thirty-four percent of professional athletes suffer from depression or anxiety. Is that yep. because of the environment and the pressure that's on them as, as sports professionals? Oh, hundred um, percent. You just got to week in, week out. You got to be 
uh, you have to have your A game, really. Um, it's, it's probably lots of lots more people out there, and like yourself, unfortunately, unfortunately for you, unfortunately for them, that haven't been able to speak out and maybe get that help, and are probably carrying this burden with them every single day of their lives. Like, yeah. Um, obviously, I come out in. Um, obviously, I opened up about in two thousand eighteen. Um, I think there's a lot more players struggling at the moment. But like I said, um, I spoke to a few people about the issue. Will people speak out in professional sport? Because, say, um, I don't know, Wales now could have a damn game uh, against France, South in France. Um, Joe Bloggs said that he was struggling with his mental health. He plays 10, uh, another 10. Um, is not good as the one who come up with his mental health. Do you think because he because he's struggling with his mental health and it was the biggest game probably the Six Nations? Do you think they'd pick the one ten over the other? Yeah, yeah, very good, good point. Um, Tom, Tom, I got a question for you, mate. No, um, so say now you were playing for the Blues, you played for Wales. No, yep. no, if you no, if you you thought you had a bad game, did you worry then of how the oh. press would perceive you? This is this is the worst thing. See, I go see. I see a clinical uh, psychologist, and that's the biggest thing that he works on with me. With my obviously retraining my obviously my mind. Right. I just constantly worry about other people's opinions, judgments. Instead of instead of focusing on things that matter, obviously my family, friends, really. Yeah. And and how, how does that compare then? Because I guess you know that every sportsman is in the professional limelight. Social media is is huge. I, I look back at Alec Cuthbert back in the day, and I, I feel sorry for the abuse that the boy had on social media. You know, someone yeah. just trying to do his job. That that's that's a massive impact, isn't it? Yeah, I to be honest, I wish I never went on the Instagram and Twitter. Um, it's just, it's weird. Um, and people say they don't do it. Hundred percent, they do it. After a bad game, the first thing I do is search Tom James. I don't know why yeah. I do it. Back in the day, obviously, when I was younger, obviously, when I got older, and I realised it doesn't matter, just think about the positives. I'd search it, and then I just think, what are people... It's, just, it's, it's bonkers what people say. Um, and then, obviously, you're on about, obviously, Alice Cuthbert, how many people I argued on Twitter about him. He was an unbelievable player. Yeah. Obviously, a bit of bad form. But then, when a coach says something about you, and then, obviously, the press writes things, even if someone don't follow rugby, they'll see that press man writing stuff, and they'll just jump on the bag wagon. Yeah. What well, right do they got to comment, isn't it? Yeah, obviously, he's a British lion. And then, obviously, you'll have Joe Bloggs, who never touched a rugby ball. I haven't got a clue. And then they don't realise yeah, what they're doing. The they don't realise what they do doing to obviously sports people's minds. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think so. Sorry, is this support there, Tom? And I guess is it support to deal with our social media presence? Because why do we look? We look because we want praise as well, and we, we're human beings. At the end of the day, we want reward, so we look for the positive stuff, and we yep. can't help the negative that comes out. But is it support there to deal with that? Um. I never, people have never thought, like, stand up in a meeting and say, oh, um, and say you support there, really. That's for me, I say no. Um, since 2018, when I had that break, um, I think they went hard on it then. 
Um, I obviously I was seeing the, the clinical psychologist on a regular basis, um, seeing obviously psychiatrists from crisis. Um, and obviously it helped me a lot, but I'd say obviously no. Um, obviously they got physios to heal injuries and help you recover, but they haven't got no one there to fix the brain. Yeah, and that's a big thing, isn't it? As you said, it's not just about your performance mentally, it's just how you deal with that old media presence and it's something which has got to be brought in to the professional environment, surely, you know, without a doubt. Yeah. Um it's obviously yeah. not, it's not illness, illness you just catch it, it's um no. it obviously develops over time. Yeah. You could even yeah. start as a youngster in the academy. Uh you're thinking, right, I'm gonna be the next Geth and Jenkins. One or two injuries. Uh obviously you didn't go through education. <laughs> Uh, went to the academies, had a few injuries, and they'll bomb you. And then obviously you just yeah. have nothing to fall back on. And then obviously, and that's it's just a downward spiral. And a few that, people... that's massive. That is Tom. I think you know you see youngsters who would who think they're going to become the next kind of international star who were bombed at the systems at the age of eighteen, nineteen. I think yeah, the world has ended. Yeah, and you know they could be further away from being rock wrong today. You know is. There's lots more opportunities for him in every other walk of life. Yeah. So after after rugby then, Tom, and same for um, yourself, um, Da, with a weird job with the army and you, Ainge, you know, after your rugby, um, how has it affected your men- mental health, not having that structure, that training regime, you know, training to, well, for Angel's case, to to play on a Saturday for Tom because it was an everyday thing yeah. and for Darren it was it was their job I was it affected it after that well for me for, for me personally guys like you said I spent 20 years in the military where I was told where to be what to do um, and you know the, the problem with the military and it's still there now there's no pre or post care so like for instance you know you can have done 22 years in military done so many tours seen so much carnage and trauma in your life in those 20 odd years, and um, you just said, right, off you go, you, you go, go now and fend for yourself. So and this is why there's so many um, veterans who live on the streets, is because you think about it, you know, they've joined the army at 16, they've been here for 22 years, they're now 38, 39, they've never had a house, they never paid a bill, you know, uh, they've never voted, they now come out with a big lump sum in their pocket, they don't, they're in the big wide world, they may have no family around them, they're now being told, right, you're not going to buy a house or rent a house, pay a bill, and it's wrong. So I, I push through It's crazy. So I push through my local MP. She's going to bring up in Parliament that six months prior to leaving the military, you should have a full um, mental health assessment. You should be told, asked if you've got property or if you want to buy property. You should be, you know, you should be taught basically how to be reinjected back yeah. into the industry. And six months after, six months after, then you're somebody in the army has to get back in touch with you to see where you are. Because you just left to fend yourself, and, yeah. and it's wrong, you know. Yeah, and you need that that ongoing support afterwards. And you know, Tom, no doubt, is the same in the, in the rugby world. You've come out with international rugby. You, you're next. You're there to defend for yourself. Yeah, the good thing about it, to be honest, though, obviously in the academies, even when I was in the academy when I was 19 years of age, they always pushed you into education. Yeah, <laughs> but I just never had the confidence to do it. Yeah. Um, what is that, Tom? Pardon? What? <laughs> oh, I, I did it. I don't think I'm the most intelligent. <laughs> but uh, even towards the end of my career, then obviously the WRU, uh, the WRPA, so the Rugby, uh, Welsh Rugby Players Association, 
Uh, they look after the players and obviously the personal training course come up the once um, and the close protection course. Um, so that's obviously interests me. So that's the reason why I've done them too. And then obviously when I retired um, last May, um, I came out of um, obviously from the Scarlets, but then we had obviously the lockdowns, didn't we? So, uh, and that, that, that's from Tom... Tom uh, TJ Eleven is he your personal fitness um, business? Yeah, TJ Eleven Fitness. Um, obviously, was go is going is going good. Um, but obviously, this um, the second lockdown. Uh, obviously, with the guidelines, obviously I couldn't couldn't do anything. And um, I guess that that gives you a mindset then, Tom, as well. Does it concentrate on something to work towards that goal of still achieving things? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, I got a lot of ambitions. I want to actually open a gym myself. Um, obviously, I'm gonna do stuff. Obviously, with mind, obviously as, as ambassador. Yeah. Um, I just that's what I'm saying. Obviously, that was the last chapter. Obviously, it's the next chapter now. Obviously, with my family and obviously with the TJ Fitness uh, level. Do you find that? Good, good. Do you find that role that you're doing now, then, Tom, as a fitness trainer, helping other people, helps you, helps you, helps your mental health as well? If that makes does that make sense? Yeah, you knocked on the head. Um, I got a. Obviously, a bloke that I obviously wouldn't say his name. Um, he, I train him on a regular basis. Um, and we just bounce off each other, really. Obviously, he opens up to me, and obviously, I open up yeah. to him. Um, obviously, I admit to it. Obviously, everyone's um been struggling through the lockdowns, but I went through a rough patch um for about four months. Um, and then obviously, he was there, and obviously, obviously, plus my family, but training someone, seeing him get fit. And helping him with his obviously his mental health and him helping me with mine. Yeah, I think that social, even the social network, speaking to friends is massive. And you know, I'm fortunate that when I finished, um, well, I finished a couple of times. The first time I finished, I come back, um, and then when I knocked it on the head, then after we won the the plate down the stadium, what was that? Tech 2017, yeah. the last one. Yeah, yeah, 2017. I had a little trip then over the over over the uh, over the valley for a couple of years. But when I come back in as um, team manager for the troop, I think I always knew I was going to come back and get involved in some capacity. Yeah. So I think I'm lucky in a way that I've still got a certain amount of structure and routine. I'm still part yeah. of that. Still have that camaraderie with the boys in the changing rooms and the build up leading to the games and things. So I think, you know, I'm quite fortunate that I'm, although I'm not involved in playing, but I probably would if I had to, um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I still got that, you know, the, the boys to bounce off really. And I think massive, yeah. massive, when you're in a dark place that you have got them, uh, the, the boys there. So it's good, it's good, Tom. It's good, Tom, to give back after rugby, isn't it? Yep. Uh, uh, cheers for that annual pass, boys. Thanks, Tom. Sort that out. You give to the boys. I did um, obviously start on the Scarlets as well after I obviously retired, um, helping out with the SNC. Uh, because because obviously my TJ Lem fitness was going so well, um, I had to finish down it. So it was obviously going well, but obviously. <laughs> Covid's uh, messing everyone up, to be honest. Oh, well, let's, let's look to the future of it as a sign that we come out the back end of yeah. that. So hopefully all that gets going. But Math, from a from a sort of community level game, then is the is it any different in terms of how you 
can open up and speak to people and you know share your experiences, especially in a in a, in a Valley's rugby club. Yeah, in in my opinion, I think it's quite hard to to pinpoint something at our level. Is um, obviously like Tom explained is he came out quite open and honest with it back in 2018. But I think you know to pinpoint and pick things at community level, you know, it's going to be, it's very difficult. Um, not all players stay after the game. So he's looking at signs and, you know, possible symptoms to pick up if someone is struggling. Obviously, um, if someone's going straight home after a game every week and they're not coming out and interacting with the boys after games. But, you know, sometimes that happens and I think sometimes things can be missed at our level, if that makes sense. Um We've. And I, I would, I would, I was Penalta as a club looking to try to support kind of the whole mental health agenda because you know without the club leading on something like yeah. this, I think no one's going to get. Mike Thomas is obviously the the safeguarding and well one of the safeguarding and welfare officers, and I think just before COVID, um, you know, everything started nearly twelve months ago. We set we set up a, a Penalta welfare group. Um, in that group, then we've got people from every age group. Um, so we've got representation from the youth, um, the Minion Juniors with uh, Di Roberts, who's you know the chairman. We've got players in it, current players, team manager, firsts, obviously Mike, um, and obviously Ray Bisp, all in there. And we just wanted to have some way that everybody knew that you know they could come to if they were having issues. We might not be able to fix them ourselves, but we could try and direct them to help if they needed it. And it's, it's not just the it's not just the players either. Like, I know the youth, um, I'm not sure which lockdown it was, but past, I'm not sure of his first name. Zach, do you know his first name? Sorry, Matthew, bro. What do you say, sorry? Pasty, you know, he does a lot with the youth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure of his first name, but I know the boys took him up some, uh, obviously, He's he's massive and he loved the youth didn't he? and everything he did for them and yeah. I think the boys took him up some gifts just to let him know they were still thinking of him like so I think not just the that's players that's, but that's great is that community of all you need to get at a club level yeah definitely Tom you you've become ambassador now for Charles Fine which is fantastic um, how is this going in our in our role and how how is mine there to support people what do they what do they do oh. Awesome, really. Um, obviously, they got the Instagram page, um, the website. Um, I raised the last month, I raised money, um, to help, help them have obviously talking sessions, like obviously group sessions. Um, I spoke to one of the Julian, um, when I was going through a rough patch, obviously, many years ago now. Um, and obviously, they asked me to be ambassador then, um, but I wasn't in the right frame of mind at that time. Um, but obviously, they asked me again, um, and obviously, I said 100%. i just looking forward now until after the, the rules, um, the guidelines ease a bit, so I can meet up with them and see what I can do to help them raise more, raise more uh, weight. I think it's great to see you giving that back and, and helping other people. And that yourself, really, you've you've done loads of work over the last year in terms of your social media presence, the ten the uh, press up challenge thing, and now looking to set up your own charity signpost at Cymru. So, 
how have you supported people there? Um, <clears throat> well, funny enough, when I started the 25 Presser Challenge, Tom was the second person <laughs> by nominating. Um, I fair play to him. Tom jumped straight on it. Um, couldn't do one more. <laughs> I, could, I, could, I only could do five. <laughs> That's what you showed us, Naka, didn't it? But um, yeah, so, so obviously I, I started with that and you know, and I was doing posting a lot of my runs. And then people got to start getting in touch with me myself. Now, the reason that I was so passionate about it is because when I had kind of my breakdown, everywhere that I turned for help, I was basically told I was turned away. Combat stress turned me away. Mind told me to go see my GP. Um, so all these charities that, you know, self-proclaimed to be the best, basically told me to go back to my GP. I went to my GP and basically they tried to give me some tablets and that was it. And I thought, I'm not having that. So... I, I, I thought, I, I'm going to make my mission to help other people because it's not just me in that position. Um, and then people started reaching out to me. Um, a fair play, Julian John from Mind, uh, I had a meeting with him. And um, I explained to Julian about me being turned away and other people saying that Mind were turning people away. And fair play to him, he basically put £10,000 to one side and said that anybody who comes through to me struggling, that I could refer them. So £10,000... Um, enabled 40 individuals to have eight token therapy sessions for free. So then I thought, right, well, you know, fair play to him. So what I'll do, I'll match that. So I raised 10,500 then for mine. Um, and then I raised uh, 2,500 then for uh, food banks during Christmas time. Um, I got, I spoke to a few people then and I got this charity up running in St. Paul's Cymru. So basically the premise of it is, is that you ring up St. Paul's Cymru any time of the day and we, you would come to our, our facility and you'd be seen whether it's 2 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, somebody would sit down in front of you, can talk to you, talk you down. And then what we offer then is five pillars of recovery. Um, the five pillars will be mindfulness, uh, well-being, fitness, uh, social integration and financial. Um, and then from, the, from those courses then, if then you need proper and you need um, professional counselling, we'll get you free talking therapy counselling then yourself. Um, I've got my directors in place. Um, everything is going well. I'm 80% there. Um, I've got a few eyes to dot and teeth to cross. Um, my facility will be ready in September. So, yeah, it's, it's all looking good. Um, I'll be tapping Tom up again to see if he wants to be a patron. Yeah, that's awesome. I was that, um, to be honest. And, and the reason that, and, and what I want, one thing I want to say, guys, right, is, and, and especially for Tom there, right, is the good, with mental health, it's all about stigma, guys, right? It's such a massive stigma, especially for men. And the analogy I'll give you, if you've got a group of women on a group chat talking away and one of the women says, oh, I feel down, they'll all get together and they'll go around their house, bottle of yeah. and they'll talk it over. Tucker, the, 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 the group that we're in now, right, our group, yeah. if, let's say I one day went, oh, I'm feeling low, guys, you'll all take the piss of me and we just carry on. Well, two weeks later, I commit suicide, yeah. right? Yeah. We then look back through the messages and go in, oh, shit, look. He, he was asking for help there, yeah. but we didn't realise because we're men, you know. So the likes of Tom, the likes of Tyson Fury, the likes of Ricky Hatton, Nigel Owens, Gareth Thomas, who come out, you know, and and they 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 they're the highest in their in their sport, you know. And for them to turn around and say I have a problem and they make it public, it makes it easier for the likes of me, the likes of Matthew, to come out to all friends and family and say, look, I've got a problem, you know. And and it's it's a massive thing that is that. People in the public eye say that they have a problem, you know. And I think that's massive. Yeah. That was such a powerful. Awesome, but the, the, the names you rattled off, 
you know, that has an impact to show these, as you said, these people are top of their profession. And that can be sport, it can be any forms of employment. You know, it's just come out and tell people and speak. And one of the messages I picked up from that is how aware we need to be of the messages that people are putting into yeah. groups. As you just said, men, men might not come out and say, I've got a problem or I need to speak to somebody. They'll do it in different forms. And, and we've got to read into those signs and we understand yeah. what they are. And it can be anyone as well. It doesn't have to be like it just uh, an old factory worker, an old bricklayer, plumber. It can be uh, anyone from any walk of life. Okay, it yeah. doesn't discriminate. Yeah. So mental health doesn't discriminate. No, you could be indiscriminate, you know, or you could be a pauper on the ground. You know I mean, it, it really yeah. does not discriminate, guys. And, and that's why my hashtag is share your shits. You know, like yeah. up and, and speaking to somebody, the weight that comes off your shoulders, you know, and you know, Tom and Matt, you can would probably agree with me is when you hear yourself saying what's wrong with you, it's like wow, yeah. it, it just feels amazing, you know. Yeah, yeah. and and is it, I think I think you, it is getting better, and I hope it's getting better. I'm certainly seeing a lot more people, this younger generation as well, willing to come forward now and speak because I think people like yourselves have just made it acceptable to do that and it's fine to do I it. think there's a lot more there's a lot more support out there now as well and I think and well it's it's, it's well documented everywhere now and then I think the issues with mental health and I think employers as well are getting more um involved with it. Um, I work for educate training and they they've got so much um so much time for staff's, you know, well-being. They've rejuvenate time, they call it. So they give everybody on top of their half an hour lunch break. They give everybody half an hour rejuvenate time at one o'clock um, to, you know, step away from the computer, go and take a dog for a walk, read a book. Um, but um, yeah, and that feedback from you know 140 staff, you know, is that's fantastic, really. I agree with that, yeah. but people still. Oh yeah, yeah. Still, is, um, do not come. The educator put me on uh, mental health first aid trainer. So was, I think four or five of us went on that training. So we have more of an idea, really, of signs and symptoms to look up. Somebody's uh, near crisis point and things. So you know that was interesting to have a bit more of an insight. Don't get me wrong; I'm not a mental health first aid, you know, qualified uh, person, but. It was good to expand my knowledge. It's somebody there to speak to, but and I think you know the message running through all this really is if we surround ourselves in those people or can have access to those people, yeah. there's help, and, and we can take the first steps. So I guess you know we're coming to the end now, boys. But if, if there was any advice you'd give somebody that's listening on today or listening on tomorrow or in six months' time or ever, what what would that be? What what would be your your first bit of advice? To Just them? to open up and don't be ashamed to admit that you're struggling. Um, and like you said, the stigma is there that big rugby players and soldiers in the army shouldn't, you know, shouldn't have feelings like that. But it happens, it does. Um, don't ever be afraid to pick up the phone and speak to friends and, yeah, just don't bottle anything up. Yeah. Tom, anything different? You hit the nail on your head. Um, people just walk around, puff your chest out and then say, Obviously, man up. I've, I've had it a few times in rugby. Um, man up, you mentally weak. Obviously, little things that you people have never thought in a million years that Tom James was going through. Um, and I come home and then I fucking I'd cry for three hours. But um, my Instagram and Twitter is yeah. always open. So, whoever's listening to this, 
I'm always there for a chat. Um, even if they didn't want to talk on the phone, my, my, I would pass on my mobile. Um, so I'm always there 24 7 for anyone. Dan, anything you want to add to that, mate? Yeah, so like everything those guys, other guys just said, I totally agree with that. But one thing I will give some advice I will give to people is when you go to your GP, okay? And don't be disheartened. So if you go there and you do feel down, with, like I say, whether it's man or, or woman, um, and they give you medication straight away, okay? I don't take medication, but the, the lot of people I'm helping at the moment do, and it does help a lot of people, okay? Is that don't feel disheartened. Just don't think, right, I'll take that and that's it. It's going to make me better because yeah. it's not. Yeah. The best thing to do is get in touch with the contact group. Speak like like Tom said, but then, you know, ring Tom James up and ask him, you know, some advice. Can he help? You know, and what you notice on Twitter and Facebook, this day and age, because everybody says my DMs are open, you know, and it's people who've gone through the same as we've all gone through, and they just say to give out experiences. You know, um, it's like me. I, I, don't, I don't perceive to know everything. All I can yeah. do is help, is tell people what made me better, what makes me tick. I still get my down days. I still get my dark days. But I know now how to fight off the, 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 the black dog and, and the dark clouds. So, um, so yeah, it's just, guys, share your shit, talk, and speak to somebody. It hasn't got to be a family member because you may be afraid of, of the backlash that you get or the ridicule, right? Just go to your local rugby club and just, just ask for some help, guys. And I think what the message again from that really is, you know, only when you do those things do you understand perhaps what your triggers are and then you start understanding coping mechanisms and how, how you can get from those things. things. Yeah, oh, and sorry, Dad, yeah, and there are, obviously there are proper clinical leads out there, guys. You know, EMDR, CBT training, connective behaviour. There's things that people can teach you, you know. Uh, a lot of mindfulness courses out there you can do. Um, you know, and, and the one thing I will say about Minds, and on their, so on their social media, they do have a lot of coping mechanisms that you can tap into. You may not be able to speak to somebody or get see a therapist, but there are coping things that are online that can help you, you know. Um, uh, but personally for me, and Tom, I think, will back me up with this, I'm more super probably, but is fitness guys get yeah. up there get up into the mountains yeah. get the fresh air into you and just and just thrash yourself yeah, you know push yourself past the pain because my big thing is and tom will agree me is your body's a vehicle for your mind you know your body you know your mind gives up before your body will yeah i i, I think you've made some good points here not being judged like try not to judge anyone because we don't know what people are going through you know, and just our empathy, and um, I think that was a good thing as well, and definitely fitness. I think and Andrew Mack is doing a lot, yeah. isn't he? And Andrew Mack, he's doing some great stuff on on social media himself and around the fair of living, and going back to cave yeah. times almost, and recharging our bodies and giving us that positive mindset. And I think there's a lot to be said in that. And as Andrew said in some of his blogs about, you know, we become too comfortable in life sometimes, and and. Put too much pressure on ourselves. Sometimes you've got to strip it back to the to the basics, haven't you? And and, and reboot yourself almost. Yeah. And set yourself a goal as well. If you can self, self, set yourself a goal that's achievable, once you once you achieve that goal, is you know the feeling of euphoria is second to none. So then you push yourself a little bit further than the next time, you know. And and always strive to be better. That's what I do now. That's what I do in my life. Is is strive every day to be a better version of yourself. You know. 100%. And I think that's such a positive way to kind of end this uh, podcast tonight, boys. And, and I just want to thank all three of you, really, for being involved um, and sharing your experiences. I think is another powerful message has come out from everybody tonight on, on different walks of life as well. Um, so really do appreciate your openness, your honesty. But something that could really cheer us up this weekend, boys, 
something that's really going to make us all happy and smile <laughs> is the Six Nation game that's ahead of us. So, Tom, big kind of experience for you, going back to your cap against England 2007. What's your predictions, boys? I'll go for a Wales win. Uh, and I think Willis Holo. I think he'll 100% start. And I think he'll carve up. I hope so as well. And and, and I hope we, that, that win will be me anything for Wales and keep us all happy. I go in Wales by eight man? points, I think. Good man. Heart or head? Um, well, a bit of both. Uh, it could, the thing with Wales, England is very similar to like when we when Penalty's played now, and anything can happen on our day, can't it? No matter what the form book is like. I think the form book kind of goes out of the window. Um, and whoever wants it the most on that given day, I think, and obviously it'll be, it'll be different for the players with no fans again. Um, so that atmosphere is not going to be as powerful as it normally is. But um, yeah, Wales by eight, I think. Yeah. Ooh, I just... Dal, are you going to make it three out of three? Or no, no, no. Bad? I'll be controversial by now. I just think England did do a big <laughs> game. Um, and and I think I think the big thing is that, like you said, no crowds is a leveller. There's no home and away anymore in any sport. You can tell up in the Premier League now. So I think England by twelve. Ooh, ooh, ooh! <laughs> oh, you're not invited to the podcast. No, but boys, generally now, really thank you for your time. I think you know what what you've gone through and shared our story is remarkable. And and you walk in that example, boys, of how to help others. So continue doing what you're doing, continue supporting people the way you are, and I wish you three all the best as well in, in, in your encounters. Thank you, thank you for having us on. Take care, Matt. Take care, boys. Just for a go, Matt, people who, who, who yeah. listen to this, guys, if there's anybody struggling, please get in touch with mine, and Tom can uh, vouch for that. And like I said, you know, if you, I'm on Twitter at the moment. Our, our webpage hasn't gone up yet, but I'm on Twitter, so if you need any help, guys, please get in touch. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks all. Thank you, guys. Take care. Take care.